Welcome to the long and short of the week ahead, a production of Horizon SLJ Capital that takes a look at the macroeconomic themes of the week ahead and has been recorded for professional investors. My name is Matt Jones, Head of Distribution for Horizon SLJ Capital, and I'm joined by Neil Staines, Senior Portfolio Manager. Welcome back, Neil. Great to have you here with us again. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. After last week's podcast, Neil, I, I don't know whether you had a chance to, to get out and about as, uh, as, as we discussed. I did, however, manage to, to watch the London Marathon. Admittedly, not all of it. But it was great to see, of course, uh, both Charlotte Perdue and Phil Seisman finishing in, in top 10 for uh, a good result for, for British runners in the, in the London Marathon. I think it's fair to say, though, that the, the Bank of England may not, may not be placing quite so well at the moment. Perhaps you can share your thoughts on on the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. I mean, you know, the the UK will come back into uh, more acute focus next week uh, with a host of Bank of England speakers uh, and the August employment report. You know, in many respects, the UK is a key barometer of central bank reaction function uh, to the acute, uh, you know, likely transient cost push inflation pressures at play in the global economy at the moment. And the Bank of England are under extreme pressure, really, to defend the primacy and credibility of their inflation target with surging prices. You know, natural gas and energy price shock, global and domestic supply chain disruptions, important for the UK. You know, and acute skill shortages and a labour mismatch, essentially, uh, driving up wage pressures. Now, CPI rose uh, to 3.2% year-on-year in August. That's in letter-writing territory for the Bank of England, uh, where the governor is obliged to pen an open letter to the Chancellor to explain how, why, and what he is going to do about the miss. And so essentially, you know, the uh, the Bank of England that see inflation at 4% by year end uh, and then back to the 2% target over the medium term, although the risks are to the top side. And the Bank of England is also very cautious of jumping the gun. Okay, and I think this is the critical part here and why the Bank of England is in such a difficult position. At the same point in time that we have such acute inflation pressures, we get the end of furlough, which risks a jump or certainly a destabilization in the unemployment rate. Uh, And that's, you know, unlikely to provide a clear picture this side of year end. We have the end of the uptick in uh, or the uplift in universal credit, uh, an increase in national insurance for the health and social care levy, an increase in corporate tax, and not to mention, you know, post-Brexit change in trading conditions, and even the end of the QE program in December. So, you know, all of this really leave a very uncertain demand, employment, inflation dilemma for the Bank of England. You know, in our view, it's very unlikely that there will be any monetary tightening this year. The Bank of England may even be hoping for some external relief so as not to force them to risk turning a near-term economic stumble into a fall. You know, it's certainly a delicate balance for the Bank of England, uh, not just for the remainder of 2021, but likely well into 2022. Secondly, the focus stays on inflation uh, with this US uh, CPI print for September on Wednesday. You know, from our perspective, the risks are significantly more balanced in the US. You know, we see a self-sufficiency uh, as essentially having a much greater insulation for the US from the energy price rises. The delta wave and global supply disruption have kind of come simultaneously in the US uh, and they've limited both supply and demand 
uh, albeit leaving an underlying level of activity that is still quite strong. Uh, and wage growth has been accompanied by productivity gains. In fact, it could certainly be said uh, that uh, the US is experiencing a good inflation. Now, Wednesday also brings FOMC minutes, uh, and they're likely to give a further green light for the start of the normalization process uh, in the US, uh, a gradual taper in November. You know, the key focus uh, on the minutes will be on whether what the dispersion of views is, whether there are any dissent, there are any figures around the pace of the taper, particularly confirmation about whether or not it is a per month or per meeting taper, uh, and heightened concern, uh, any heightened concern about the persistence of inflation or global supply chain disruptions. So ultimately, we continue to see a backdrop for greater monetary and growth divergence in favor of the US and of the dollar over coming months. Uh, and then lastly, on the flip side, there are also a lot of ECB speakers next week. We expect them to continue to push back on ECB rate hike expectations, both in terms of markets preempting hikes, uh, you know, ahead of an agreement on the replacement or a bridge from PEP to the traditional QE program, and where that stands in terms of being able to manage the credit divergence or the, the difference in credit spreads across the regions of the Eurozone. Also, to avoid market tightening of financial conditions into a China slowdown and global supply backlog, and not to mention uh, a structural inflation shortfall uh, that the ECB won't want the market to get ahead of. You know, all of these factors lead us to maintain the view that further euro downside in FX markets is in train. Thank you, Neil. A fascinating blend of points to be looking out for in the week ahead. In the meantime, as ever, we have the weekend ahead of us, uh, which I'm sure all of us are, are very much looking forward to. What in particular have you got your eye on this weekend now? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Another, another fascinating weekend. Uh, internationals, football internationals are back this weekend with World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Scotland, England, Northern Ireland and Wales all in action. Uh, we also have the final of the Nations League. Uh, not that, hoping you don't ask me to explain how we get to the final stages, but that'll be contested between Spain and France after a spectacular comeback from France in the semi-finals at the back end of this week. Formula One moves to Turkey uh, in replacement for the cancelled Japan Grand Prix uh, with just a two-point lead for Hamilton going into this event. This really is a season uh, that is a movie in the making. And thirdly, we get the third and hopefully final Fury versus Wilder uh, heavyweight title fight. Uh, and uh, this sets up the distant prospects of a Fury-AJ fight at some point at the back end of next year. And if none of those points uh, take your fancy, of course, we'll get the second crack at London Cocktail Week. Absolutely. We can all drink to that. Well, thank you very much, Neil, as ever, for, uh, for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, we look forward to catching up with you again next week. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for joining us for the long and short of the week ahead. Further insights are available on our website, horizonsljcapital.com forward slash insights. We look forward to you joining us again next week for more insights into macroeconomic events and the long and short of the week ahead.